a lot of bad things happened this week. Welcome to Shoot in the Weeds, where I sit down and talk to you about things that I want to talk about and whatever comes to mind and ramble until I can't ramble anymore. A lot of bad things happened this week. And I can't even pinpoint it to just a very minute, small thing, because I think most people will assume the Lions lost the uh, NFC Championship game, which they did, which absolutely sucked. Uh, We had him in the first half. We had him in the first half. I was watching on Sunday at my favorite local spot that I'm always at on Sundays for games. I had a elderly Packers fan come up and give me a hug when the game started to go south and that was very sweet because Packer fans usually just suck but but yeah a lot of things happened this week if you follow me you probably have seen that I had a family issue going on my mother-in-law had a stroke uh over a week ago now it was Sunday over a week ago and definitely top five worst days of my life absolutely top five days of my life and I just want to tell you that life can change so fast do not take a single moment a single day a single interaction with anyone for granted I think the older you get and the more experience you get you realize how fragile life is and how short it can be and if you are not doing all of the things you want to be doing or taking all the risks you want to be taking take them because tomorrow is not promised for literally anybody the update is though that my mother-in-law is doing okay she's stable she was basically in a medically induced coma for a week they had to do a few surgeries it's going to be a very long recovery It's not going to be one of those things where she wakes up and is just herself. But she did open her eyes yesterday to talk to her. She was lifting her hand up at me as I was talking to her. So I really do want to say thank you for all of the hundreds of messages and comments I got saying that you were wishing me well and hoping the best and all of your thoughts or prayers or whatever deity or energy that you believe in. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. You don't understand the scope of the internet or your reach until you have so many people collectively sending you well wishes like that. So I I really do appreciate it. Thank you. On top of that, I had that craziness going on, but I believe strongly in if, if it's possible to keep things going as normally as possible. I'm not a highly emotional person. I handle things in my own way. And the way that I wanted to handle it was to continue streaming and to continue working and working online like I normally do because it brings me joy and it's my peace and it's my happy place. So I did that. I streamed during the week still and we were able to get to the Royal Rumble. Now, Uh, Before we actually get to the Royal Rumble, the thing that a lot of people ask about is the one thing that I have zero, uh, what's the word? I have zero credentials or experience in being able to talk about anything that has to do with SA. It is a very sensitive subject. If you understand what I'm talking about, we are talking about the situation and lawsuit with Vince McMahon. I read the, what is it, 64 or 67 pages. I read all of it. And I cannot fathom. It was one of those things where there's, if you haven't read it, the lawsuit has actual screenshots of text messages that he allegedly sent to this employee. If you're unaware, he is being 
accused of the SA and also trafficking. Not, no, no small potatoes, no small potatoes. It's bad for a lot of people. Bad for a lot of people. And certain WWE superstars are also, they're not named, but it's alluded to it being them based on the descriptive words that are being used. Former UFC champion, former WWE champion, contract was up in 2021. Allegedly, they're thinking that it is Brock Lesnar. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I am a Brock Lesnar girly. I've been a been a Brock Lesnar girl for a long time. I was on a podcast with Santi Zap this that week that that dropped just a few days before, saying that I was a Brock Lesnar girly that I wanted him to show up at the Royal Rumble. So things things came crashing down very quickly, and I I don't like I said I can't go into detail about these kinds of things. It's it's not my platform. I talk about you know the in character things. That's that's what I like to talk about. I don't I don't like to talk about dirt sheet stuff. But man. The way that wrestling media and wrestling journalists per se pushed all of that out so quickly and to try to capitalize on it was so absolutely sickening to me. And I, I hate to jump on the, maybe I look at it differently because I am a woman. And it's not that, it's not that essay doesn't happen to men. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. But we just ex- we experience things in the workplace and in public more often, I think, than men do. And so we, we at least I believe I have a much different perspective on, on that. It's a mess. It's a mess. You know, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I hope the best for everyone that is dealing with it, that has to deal with it, family members that are affected. It's no good thing to try to be capitalizing on. And I don't, I've have held strong that I am not a news outlet. I've never wanted to be a news outlet. I don't report on things. This is the only time that I'll probably talk about it because it's shooting the wheeze and it's something that people have asked me about. I don't think I have the right to have any feelings about it. I am not well versed in law or anything like that. I've never worked in corporate America. I've uh, never dealt personally with SA. That's the, the extent of what I feel I can speak on it, for sure. Now, before that dropped, it was a wild week because we had the announcement that WWE was going to be, or WWE Raw is going to be moving to Netflix in 2025, which I, I had to really confirm with a lot of other people how exactly that was going to work. Because my understanding is that Netflix, Raw is going to be on Netflix in the U.S. But everything is going on Netflix for everywhere but the U.S. So the United States will have Raw on Netflix, but SmackDown will still be on the USA Network. And we'll still have the network on Peacock? Like that's where the vault's going to be and, and the network? I, I was so very confused on how all of that was working. I had, I had to clarify with a few different people. So that's really great for a broader audience. It's it's better for people that live out of the United States. You know, people in the UK and, and elsewhere have a hard time, honestly, getting to watch a lot of the things that they want to watch without a VPN. So that's very good as far as that goes, which makes sense because I feel like the WWE is trying to expand their foreign market. We were seeing a lot more PLEs going overseas. You know, we have Elimination Chamber coming up in Australia. 
uh is it australia yeah it's australia uh, there's well, i forget the one that's going to be in france so i i really do think we're going to get a, a mania in london if not next year very soon so they are expanding that market what i had talked about with a few other people was how just having monday night raw on netflix will be good just in general i forget the statistic that somebody gave me oh god i think it I think it was Santi, actually. He said that The Bachelor, you know, one of the biggest dating shows on cable television or network television, I think he said the statistic was like 15 million views or something like that uh, on average for The Bachelor. Now, the biggest dating show on Netflix is 200 million. It's a much broader audience. You can pick whatever you want to watch whenever you want to watch it. You don't have to be committed to a time or, or DVR or anything. It's ready for you whenever you want it. So I do think that we might get a lot of curious eyes watching Raw Live when it's on Netflix. Because my understanding is that they are planning to roll out an entirely live television feature on Netflix. I really do think we're we're entering the the end of the cable network era because we see the NFL doing Peacock. We see a lot of these sports teams going to different networks and things and I understand, really, because most cable television, minus a few channels, it's it's not worth paying the money, you know, to, to watch even. Most of us need all of the streaming networks anyway. What do they expect us to do in, in this economy to pay for all of these streaming services on top of cable? We finally got rid of cable, I think it was last year. So I'm not surprised by that. It'll be, I'll be very curious to see how that evolves within the next year. The Royal Rumble. Oh, the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. It is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. It's a lot of fun. I feel like I should have made my own video on this. Maybe I still will, but I, I was so busy with everything going on with my mother-in-law that I didn't get a chance to do a lot of review videos or things the way that I probably would have or should have. But <laughs> I really enjoyed the Rumble. I enjoyed the Rumble. We had talked about how this was the first Rumble in a while that I feel like they weren't going to have to depend on legends, and they didn't. The The most frustrating thing for me, and it's, frustra it's just frustrating in general, dealing with the internet wrestling community, like as, as a whole, it's, it's difficult for me to deal with because I felt like the Royal Rumble was amazing. I felt like it was awesome. And you have people talking about, one, the predictability of it, how stupid it is, all of all of these things. And I just don't understand. I don't understand why people who claim to be fans of something hate it so much. Because I, I swear, just a few years ago, we were complaining about how big premium live events were pending on Legends or how it was taking spots away from current talent when we had Goldberg or we were having the whole situation with the Greatest Rumble or uh, whatever was going on in Saudi Arabia. We had that period of time that people were sick of. Now we're finally entering an age where we don't need them and people are mad that that, that, that didn't happen. But I also don't know that it's it's totally the fact of not having legends. I think a lot of it is also the letdown of wanting something to happen and it not happening. I, I went off on stream about this a little bit and I did post it on YouTube, how, how we had a lot of 
predictions out there, right? We were thinking, not me personally, listen, I'll, I'll do predictions really for a reason, but we were thinking AJ Lee was going to come back for whatever reason, because her husband's in the company, or Big E was going to make a return, or that MJF was going to jump ship and appear at the Royal Rumble, or that The Rock was going to appear at number 30. There were so many predictions and things that people thought might happen that didn't happen. We had Sami Zayn at number 30, you know? I I just, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it very, very much. One thing that I, I don't get why is such a thing, I'm seeing it a lot, where you, you talk about the Rumble in any capacity, or something you liked about the Rumble, or even my reaction videos on either the men's or the women's Rumble, and how people feel the need to beat to death the point that they thought the women's rumble was better than the men's. I get it, but I don't get why that's like the first thing you feel the need to tell somebody else. Oh yeah, it's better. <laughs> like what? Who cares? I personally do think that it was. Both were entertaining in their own right and I don't think that that's the first thought I think to say when I think of the Royal Rumble in general to just immediately point out, oh yeah, the women's was better than the men's. Oh yeah, the women's was way better than the men's. There, the women's roster has a lot more wiggle room as far as stories go for uh, something like the Royal Rumble. They focused on Bailey. They had Naomi return. They had Jordan Grace in the ring with Naomi. You had Jordan Grace in the ring with Ivy Nile. You had the the reappearance, the reappearance, <laughs> the debut of Jade. I can't come up with words. The debut of Jade Cargill. I think that is what resonated with a lot of people, but. The latter half of the men's rumble was very, very good. And I personally thought CM Punk was going to come out on top. I really did. Now, we of course, we'll get to that in a second, CM Punk's injury. I really still enjoyed both. I enjoyed the pay-per-view as a whole. I enjoyed even the Kevin Owens and Logan Paul match. I made a point to say on stream when people were talking about predictability that, yeah, I didn't think Kevin really, I, I did think that Logan Paul was going to retain the title, but I didn't see the DQ happening in that way. I thought that was very creative. I thought that was a good way to let it happen. It wasn't just a normal, oh, interference DQ or something along those lines. I thought it was super cool to have Kevin Owens have the brass knuckles on and the ref see it and stop the count immediately and just point it out and DQ. I thought that was super cool. I thought that was a little unique. The, the fatal four-way, come on. Come on. I don't even feel like that that's worth complaining about. You knew Roman was going to win. Even still, it was a great, great match. It had the interference that you knew was going to happen because it has to happen because this is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns can't win anything on his own. You, sh you should expect that at this point. So I felt like it was it still delivered despite you pretty much knowing that Roman Reigns was going to win. I did see during the end of the men's rumble when Punk landed wrong on his arm and crawled over and said something to the ref. I clocked it. I was hoping it was nothing. And then, yeah, Monday Night Raw just happened last night and we got the confirmation that he tore his tricep. So <clears throat> WrestleMania is just falling apart at the seams as we know it. Because we, I'm still confused about what exactly is happening with, with Seth Rollins. Because, you know, he had the, the partial... Men, partial MC was it his MCL or his meniscus he had a partial tear of, of that and he didn't say if he was getting surgery but he said he was going to be there for Wrestlemania I I don't 
I have no idea what's going on. And to be completely honest with you, I, I've said this so many times. If you're new to me, you'll find this out about me. But I don't take a lot of joy in fantasy booking too much. It gets to be a lot. It gets to be way too much where my brain hurts trying to rationalize all these different avenues and paths that we could take on the road to WrestleMania. And right now, with the way things are shaping up, I can't. I hear all the, I hear I hear all of you. I do. I hear a lot of the Rock and Roman right now. And we had, you know, Seth come out to the ring and confront Cody saying that Cody should challenge him for the world heavyweight title, which I don't hate. But then that means Cody can't finish his story. So that's that's a debate to be had. It's a fair debate. That's one that really won't bother me. Like they they've introduced that. So cool. I'm curious to see what happens. So I mean, we have a we have a lot of time between now and WrestleMania to kind of get things in order and see what exactly is going to happen. And I, I'm very, very curious about it, just as I am with what's going to happen with Bailey being the Royal Rumble winner and how damage control is going to deal with her, if at all, when something happens. Is it going to be an elimination chamber? Is she going to, you know, not declare who she, because as of today, she's supposed to be declaring who she wants to face on Friday. So does damage control turn on her Friday? Are they going to turn on her at all? What is going to lead? Is she actually going to go after Rhea? Is she going to go after EO? I love that it's not cut and dry for me right now, and I don't totally know how they're going to do it, but I'm curious to just watch and see. That is one thing you'll learn about me. That's what I like to do. I like to watch and see. I like to consume. I don't like to overanalyze. I just hit 10,000 followers on Twitch last night, and I hit 11,000 on F YouTube. I almost said Facebook. The hell? I, I hit 11,000 on YouTube, and YouTube was totally out of left field for me. I started streaming on YouTube. I don't even remember why. I was so just just Twitch, just, just Twitch. And when I got back from TwitchCon and they opened up the streaming on YouTube, I was like, oh yeah, why not? And I got one raid from Tom Gross, Tom Grossi. I think I always forget, think I'm saying his name wrong. But I got one raid from Tom Grossi because he's a football creator, a big one. And someone told him that I'm a Lions fan and I like wrestling and he rated me. And ever since then, it's just been an incline over here on YouTube. So I've always wanted to be a YouTuber. If you've never watched any of my videos before where I talk about that, I wanted to be a YouTuber in high school. I had a flip video that my dad got me. I wanted to be a vlogger. Those are all things that I've talked about that I really wanted to do. And I truly feel like right now I'm kind of I'm kind of living a little bit of a dream. It's it's wild. And I wish I was in a position that I could commit to it fully. I wish it wasn't so scary. But I I definitely live my life a little I do, on the safe side. I do. I do. I'm not that big of a risk taker when it comes to that because I'm I'm firmly of the mindset that this could all go away tomorrow. And it's not I, I'm very curious how other creators do it or, or how they're able to make ends meet or what they're doing that I'm not doing because there's no way I could make like live off the income that I'm bringing in from doing this right now. It's good. Don't get me wrong. But I make more at my full time job doing hair than this. So I don't maybe maybe I could make more if I if I went full time with it. But I worked so hard to build my clientele. It is definitely something I go back and forth with a lot. Like I would love to do this full time. But then if I did this full time, it's no longer, it's no longer, I, I feel like it would no longer be fun. It's not the fun, cool thing that I get to do outside of my job. Now it's my job. And I think I, I will do better if I keep that mindset for the moment. Now, if I get some kind of opportunity where a wrestling company comes knocking on my door or someone else comes knocking on my door 
asking me to work for them and it's worth it, then I'd consider it. But right now, as I'm still self-employed doing this, like that gamble's not, that's not it. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see. But I got a tattoo today. Let me show you real quick. Let me show you, let me show you. Uh, you can kind of see. So those are petunias. And the name that's on there is Mary Lou. Mary Lou is my grandma. I was very, very close to my grandma. She passed away in 2017. She was 89 years old. My grandma had, oh, eight, seven kids. She had seven kids. My dad was the youngest. So she had my dad when she was 43. So both of my grandparents were a lot older. I lost my grandpa when I was 10. I didn't, I lost my other set of grandparents way early. So I only had just my grandma as a grandparent from the time I was 10 up until I was 25. So she was my everything. So she called me Petunia. So I got these Petunias with her name on it. Um, <laughs> weird segue, but I, I was thinking about, uh, I have my whole other arm done. Again, if you're on YouTube, you can see, but I've had American traditional tattoos on my left arm since I started when I was 22, 23. And I pretty much have an entire sleeve of them. And those hurt. Like, shading and coloring and and especially your inner bicep the the ditch of your elbow that hurts so bad and they go over it like the shading you know they get the line work done and then they go in with the shading and then they go back in with more color and then they're layering color on top of color and then he's dry wiping it with the paper towel and it hurt by the end like two hours in i'm like oh my god i'm so done and then it gets really swollen this this was a cake this was beautiful. This was great. Just line work, a little bit, little bit stippling, like done. Amazing. So happy. I understand why all the girlies that have like this style of floral right now are all like, oh yeah, tattoos don't hurt. They're great. Tattoos hurt. I don't care who you are. They hurt. You just have a tolerance to it. But I, I totally understand why you think, oh yeah, tattoos aren't bad. Get one of these suckers. Get an American, get a colorful, thick lined American traditional with a big tatted guy that just has been tattooing for 20 years like I do. And man, you're going to feel that. <laughs> you're going to feel it. I had some people asking me too, if I would get uh, a lion's tattoo since the lion's won. Uh, no, I'm not a, I'm not a sports team tattoo girly. I also don't think I'll ever get a wrestling one. I had kind of considered it for this appointment initially when I entered my, uh, my request. And then honestly, with what happened with uh, the McMahon lawsuit this week, I was like, no, celebrity tattoos are not it because you just never know what what a, what anything is going to do. Any kind of celebrity or anything like that, don't don't put that on your body. It's just it's just like names minus family members, but don't. It's just a big a big no because then you're stuck with it forever if they turn out to be a terrible person. This is not a good idea. This might be a little bit of a shorter episode. I think I really covered all the bases of things that are going on and happening. Like I said, I didn't get to keep up too much with wrestling news this week because I had everything going on with my mother-in-law and that was where my priority was this week. And like I said, man, things change so very quickly. And it also puts into perspective, like when you do something like this and you talk about something like pro wrestling and you see people arguing the way that they do and saying things to people on the internet that they do and uh, god you're just you're always one tragedy away from a complete shift in perspective and when you see the uh the the bickering and it just it seems so so petty and so small and so insignificant to do this and and watch people on 
X or Twitter or whatever throw tantrums over someone not winning or the way that a show went down when you have a loved one in the hospital like it really just shifts that perspective so I my heart was not totally in to the Royal Rumble this weekend but as I was watching it I was glad I did I just was very very distracted the week of I would have gotten a lot more things out but you know what my family is very very important to me and that is where my priority was so we're on the road to wrestlemania now we're gonna have a lot of things happening i definitely will keep you updated on my life and the happenings of things going on on the internet again thank you for 10,000 subscribers on both platforms thank you so much for your support we're almost at 100,000 on instagram i i don't know how i ended up here but i really appreciate it and i want to keep doing this and i love it and pff, hang in there everybody